Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. First Kings chapter 19 this evening, I'm going to follow the same pattern as this morning. Not read the text because I want us to look at several passages within this chapter and deal with those as we get to them. So we will read them. You'll want to keep your Bible open that you can follow as we read at that point. Before we do, let's pause for a word of prayer. Our Father, we're your children. We come to you in, in many states of heart and mind. We come sometimes physically ill, sometimes mentally, and many times spiritually disturbed. We wait for the outpouring of your Spirit upon us. We come with our problems, and we come to thank you for the good things of life. But help us, our Father, ever to keep you in our focus. That whatever might come our way, however we might see the problems of life, we know that you're there. You understand, and you love us, and you have compassion for us, and you pick us up and carry us when we're incapable of walking. So may our faith in you be strengthened tonight as we share together in your word, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. This morning we talked about King Ahab and the prophet Elijah and their confrontation on the top of Mount Carmel. A part of the end of that story we did not deal with, and that is when the people of the Lord had finally uh, acknowledged that the Lord was God, Elisha instructed them to take the prophets of Baal, or all 450 of them, and to, to kill them. We might think that is terrible, but in that day and time that was justice for those who worshipped pagan gods. And it was certainly recognized by the people, and Elisha ordered it done. And, and then he called upon the Lord and instructed King Ahab to get down off the mountain, for it was about ready to, to rain, for he saw the little cloud. And verse 46, I think, is a very important verse in the 18th chapter, the very last verse of the 18th chapter, when the scripture says, The hand of the Lord was on Elijah. I want the hand of the Lord on me. I'm sure you want it on you. If we are God's children, we want it there. Sometimes the Lord's hand is there to shake us into reality. And he needs to do that at times with us when we get wayward, when we fall back upon our faith, to shake us into reality, and some of the things that happen to us is a result of that. But regardless of what the reason might be, the person upon whom the hand of the Lord is fixed is in his grasp. And he will not let a person go. 
There is a hymn that we sometimes sing that says, Hold to God's unchanging hand. That's not scriptural. For we do not hold to his hand, he holds to our hand. For our faith would take our hand out of his. Our weakness would cause us to slip. We cannot hold on. But we can be assured that the God whose hand is upon us will not lose his grip. And so it's important for us to realize as we begin to see some problems that the prophet's going to face now that the hand of God is upon him and is not letting him loose. Well, he has had a tremendous experience on the top of the mountain. And he is about ready to go down to the valley. And that's an experience that you have had, I'm sure, of feeling so high so good, so righteous because we're in the presence of God and suddenly go out of the church where it usually happens and we go out to our families, we go out to our jobs, we go out to the problems that face us and it seems like in a matter of moments we have slipped off the top of the mountain and have fallen totally into the pit of the valley. And we're in despair. We don't know where to turn. And we begin to doubt our faith in God. We begin to question if we're saved. We begin to wonder if we ought to go back to church. And we go through all of that trauma, the process of trying to figure out what has happened to us. And we don't realize it has simply been the devil dealing with us. And we have been on the mountain and suddenly we're in the valley. But the Lord's hand still has hold of us. And here is where we find uh, Elijah. Remember now, he has just slaughtered 450 prophets of Baal. And Jezebel sends him word, and he said, and she says in the second verse, Let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, about this time. What was she saying? Elijah, your life is in my hands. By tomorrow this time, you will lay slaughtered like my prophets. It scared him to death. He has slipped to the depths of the valley. And he no longer now is able to depend upon God. This man who stood there and instructed the people to pour Barrels upon twelve barrels of water upon that altar and get down on his knees and cry to God that God would now bring fire down out of heaven and, and consume that altar. A man who had had that kind of faith now is running from a woman. She's pretty powerful. She's not God. And it is the hand of God on the prophet, but he didn't recognize that it was a hand of God now, and he runs. He is afraid. He runs and he runs. And finally, he even leaves his servant in the third verse and goes on by himself. In the fourth verse, said that he went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and sat down under a juniper tree, 
and he requested for himself that he might die. And he says, it is enough, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. He is in despair. He is saying, I can't take it anymore. I've had it. I have no more strength in me to resist. Lord, you might as well take my life, because if you don't, Jezebel is going to. Have you ever felt that way? I can't stand it anymore. Many times, I've had to either, I'm not sure how to take it, the privilege, but it's certainly at least the responsibility of sitting with somebody and half times holding them in my arms as they pour out dust like this prophet did to God and say, I just can't take it anymore. Sometimes it's family problems that have brought a person to that point. Sometimes it's problems of work. Sometimes it's a loss of a friend. Sometimes it's because of death. So many things bring us to the point of despair when we think that we just can't take it anymore. And we all must wish that God would take our life to get us out of this, the depths of this despair. It is absolute, utter despair. But God understands. And you know what God did? In the fifth verse, God let him sleep. He lay and slept under the juniper tree. But look what was happening while he was asleep. An angel touched him. Did you see that? He's not aware that anything is being done. He doesn't realize that God is working in his behalf. He doesn't realize that God is setting things straight for him. He doesn't see the unseen hand of God at work in his life. I can assure you that when you have reached the depths of despair, God knows it, and God is working all through the night, or all through the day, while you are asleep, fretfully lying on your bed, with tears streaming down your face, and your body is in perpetual motion because you are in, in such turmoil, and you fitfully sleep, and all you can think about is where you are in the depths of your problems, and nothing is going to work out. I've been there. I know what it's like. And I wrestle that bed until I nearly tear it up without realizing that God is working for me all through my despair. So that when the morning comes, he is able to put my feet back on the ground with a clear head, and I am able then to realize that God loves me, and there's evidence in my life that he has done something for me. I hope you've had that experience. An angel touched him. When I read that, I wonder how many times during the night does an angel come down and just brush my forehead with tenderness from God? How many times does an angel pull the sheet up over me to keep me warm? 
spiritually. How many times does he work on the problem so that there's an answer? Look what he did. The man was exhausted. He had run miles. He hadn't eaten for a long period of time. The angel touched him and said, Arise, Elijah. Elijah got up and he looked, and there was a cake baked on the coals and water at his head. The tenderness of God was there. God understood. And God provided him a blessing. He sat up and he ate and he drank. Verse 7, and the angel of the Lord came again the second time, touched him, said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. See those words? The journey is too great for thee. The Lord is saying, Elijah, I understand your exhaustion. I understand your problem. It's been a rough journey. He's saying, I understand, Elijah. To you and to me, he says, when we have gone through trauma, I understand. I know. Why does he know? Remember the trauma that our Lord went through before he died on the cross of Calvary? The great agony that he suffered from the experience in the Garden of Gethsemane to his final death on cross was exhaustive turmoil to the point that even Jesus himself on the cross cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Lord himself was brought to the depths of despair to cry out, God, my Father, why do, why did you leave me alone? Go through all of this. The Lord says, yes, I understand when you've gone through that despair. He got up and he ate, he drank. The food that he took off on that occasion was to last him for 40 days and nights. Remember another 40 day and night episode in the life of another person called Jesus Christ? 40 days and nights. He did not have anything to eat. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.